beginning transmission 125, Superman vs. Muhammad Ali, file under sports ball. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Complete morons in the process. I'm too sober for this shit. Here is a drinking game to play while you listen to this episode. Please drink responsibly, and don't take it too seriously. And if you don't like it, blame William. Take a drink anytime Mr. Porg decides to interject himself into the conversation. Shut up, Porg. You need to take a drink anytime Manny Bothans makes an appearance and I get groans and fuck yous from Adam and Maya. Fuck Manny Bothans! Manny Bothans is pure genius. Take a drink anytime someone refers to me as the cum dumpster. Take a drink every time the shame bell makes an appearance. Shame! Also, take a drink anytime uh, we act like the member berries from South Park. Remember when they were on South Park? I'm I remember. Yeah, I wouldn't take a drink every time we do the bad German accent, yeah. Ah, drink, fucker. If you have any suggestions for rules you would like to add, email us at funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com or use the contact link on our website, funnybooksandfirewater.com. So, Todd, I found out something kind of interesting that I think you might be slightly interested in, and it is sports ball related a little bit. Sports um, ball. Sports ball. Apparently, LAFC Stadium is sort of being known like the uh, the Jazz Stadium uh, as being a really tough crowd to play in front of if you're the away team. Oh, all right. A, a, apparently, the reputation they have uh, started developing around the league. That's all right. A, a very tough house to come into. I do feel bad, though. I mean, you were very conflicted at the end of that game. You it could was, tell, couldn't you? I was trying oh, completely. to... Yeah, it was, it was like a, well, yeah... One of my teams won, and one of my teams lost. And... Did you see the guy in front turn around and take a look at me? Go, oh, really? Like, you know, Real's doing a pretty good job of shutting him down so they can't score anymore. Yeah. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why are How you dare you criticize them? LAFC? Rah, rah, like, rah, they're winning! Rah. And they see me wearing the yeah. LAFC jersey, and they're like, those words coming out of the mouth of the shirt that you're wearing is confusing my brain. I can see that. Well, I mean, the honest fact of it was is that there were... In the second half, they had opportunities at LAFC Club. There were there were a few breakaways that they should have scored on, to be honest with you. And it's it, it just came sure. to them flubbing it. Like, that was flat out there. I mean, and not RSL, to say that Real wasn't doing well, but RSL RSL was doing well to try to prevent it. But there were also some, some things that should have been giving me goals, and they just flubbed it. 
but and RSL flubbed a few goals that they were going for too. So no, for sure. Well, it was interesting. So. I was talking with sports ball guys. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah, uh, poor Adam and Maya have checked out right um, now. Well, I like sports ball. Just we're not talking about sports ball. I, I watch. So so well, uh, this you. one, what Steve was complaining about is the um, refs were being a bit inconsistent for calling off sides because that first goal they made got pulled back because it was off sides earlier. Yeah. Let it play out. But with, um, when it was on the other side, they called up off off sides against RSL really dang quick. And it went back to LAFC on that. It's just the, uh, the refs were letting the LAFC see the play develop a bit more before calling off sides, much less so with RSL. I, the the refing on that in general though was a little inconsistent both ways. It was. It there went, were penalties. Yes, that, I agree. And I think the the biggest you know, critique was just if you're going to let a developer call it early, either way is fine as long as that's what you're doing the whole game. Gotcha. But like that pushing and shoving match should have been a red oh, card yeah, in should, my see, opinion. It's like, I'm surprised he didn't get a red card for that one. So RSL got have. 17 he, fouls against LAFC's what six? Something six like versus that. Yeah. 17. Yeah. Yeah. RSL was... seems a bit interesting, <clears throat> to say the least. RSL came across as kind of a dirty team, to be honest with you. I didn't want to say it with Todd sitting next nah. to me in the stands, but they were kind of kind feeling a little bit like a dirty well, the team. Thing of it it is, if you get fouled, but you prevent the goal, you that's the win. Yeah, It's like, oh, true. he just got fouled, and no one scored. We yeah. that back so in, I'll take that. We see that back in... Uh, basketball in high school like oh, if, yeah. if it was a point where like you were yeah. trying to get back from behind or you were a tie score it's better to foul him and let him take free throws than it is to get yeah. probably just, like a layup or something like that oh, yeah. yeah just so foul him so there was a lot no, of that going on it's a strategic move yeah. and, and, and Real was doing it well I mean especially towards the end there were some good strategic fouls um, there as well but there were some just like blatant blatant yeah, things that didn't get called that like there it, that the and the thing is too is that should have been a red card and it was early in the game too so you guys would have been down or RSL uh-huh. you're kind of cheering for both but RSL would have been down an extra player for probably a good seventy five percent of the game at that so point. So the awesome know? thing here I did not participate in this part is my dear Brian bought a shirt for my fetus. Yeah, that's how you put it. Yes. And sent a picture of it to my brother. Yeah, oh, I was tormenting his brother. It was amazing. It was really fun. It was so, and Steve, you know, I'm kind of even kill. I am so up and down and spasmodic compared to my brother. So getting him to go out and anything, and Steve was starting to lose his shit a little bit. I'm like, no, keep digging him. I'm going to get more sports shit out of this. It's like, Brian's like, well, I'm like, keep going. And Steve's like, I've got all this RSL shit to give the kid because my kid's outgrowing it. And I'm like, yes. And of course, I said, "Well, the baby's just gonna puke all over the, all the RSL gear." But uh, didn't know. get a response for that. Well, that makes sense because I'm up and down in spasmodic anyway. So that's right. Yeah, gotcha, dude. That's five minutes of sports ball talk sports on a ball. comic book podcast. That's, uh, well, this is sports and more no. and more to come. Anyway, hey, and welcome to episode one twenty-five of the oh, Funny Books and damn. Firewater podcast. But starting with the bad German accent himself, we have Mr. Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Adam. I do stuff with uh, Big Chinese Robot. Still working out. Bored as hell with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. We miss you. We miss you. And also over uh, at Cinema Queens with our good friend Chris. Hey, Hi, Chris. And aside from that, just, you know, being my normal crazy self and uh, curating our grinder scruff and tights with a Z accounts. Yeah. Also, uh, always swiping left on tights, we have Mr. Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. I'm CDA. <laughs> See? Yeah. Oh, nice. It is. That's true. So I'm just CDAing it up. Um, 
You can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. I also do English class hooligans with my better half, Amy and Brian. Hi, Hi Amy and Brian. Brian. Yeah, so. Um, and Mr. Pork's Keeper, we have Mr. Maya. Hey, I'm Mr. Maya. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Mr. Maya, or uh, on Instagram, at the Mr. Maya. I post pictures of my cat and geeky things. Yeah, I thought your cat had. Yeah, a cat. I thought the cat had its own uh, Instagram account. Uh, she does. It's at it's the Jonesy. She doesn't actually use it that often. She forgets to. So I felt really bad when I was getting up to uh, set up the recording for this. Yeah. I was sitting on my bed and the cat was like, I was sort of like sitting Indian style and the cat was sitting on my lap. And then as I go to stand up, you can see this panic look on my cat's leg because it did not understand what was going on. And so it's clinging to my leg for dear life. Like, oh shit, the world is changing around me. Like I scared the crap out of I, I feel bad because it made me laugh. Poor cat. I know, poor little cat. Uh, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of California. Uh, and I also do the English class hooligans with uh, Mr. Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. And uh, Amy. Uh, hi, Amy. <laughs> hey, Amy. Hi, CDA. Um, uh, yes. And uh, I'll get this out of the way because I believe this episode comes out, if I'm doing my math correctly, a few days before Fanex. So if you're listening to this right when this comes out, um, I am doing, as of right now, two panels at Fanex. That very well may change. Um, we're recording this a little bit early because Maya's going on vacation, and then we have Fanex. We're trying to get a few of them in the bank so that we don't have another lost episode situation on our hands. Uh, but as of right now, um, on Thursday at 3 o'clock in room 151D, I will be doing The Heroes Were Wrong, the villains of the Marvel Cinematic and TV universes. Um, for those of you who are also Geek Show fans, uh, Carrie Jackson and Jimmy Martin will be there. Uh, and then on Friday at gets 8- his reprieve. <laughs> the what? Abomination. Gets his reprieve. Yeah. Oh, you're going to fight for the abomination in that one? Hmm? <clears throat> Never mind. Um, and then on Friday at 8 p.m. in room 255B, I will be doing a panel called Scared Silly, 30 Years of Beetlejuice and More, um, which is about like horror comedies uh, from the 80s and things like that uh so like i'm I'm assuming there'll be some ghostbusters talk in there um i will also talk about a show that i made my mother rent for me incessantly as a child and that i recently watched because it's now actually on amazon it is fucking atrocious like so bad it's called saturday the 14th i don't recommend actually watching it but it's really really awful like really I've never awful. seen this. I haven't even heard of it. Uh, oh. Someone told okay, me about so it the other day. It might have been me because I I loved it as a kid. Like I literally would make my mom rent it for me all the time, and it is bad. Like it's just flat out bad. Like I I was I was trying to suffer through it on Amazon, and it's I couldn't do it even for like the like you know how there's like there's bad and kind of funny bad this is like so bad it's nearly unwatchable nice so my my taste as a five-year-old was shit i'm just gonna say that right now uh so yeah so uh yeah if you're coming to um comic-con or sorry fan x as it's now known uh swing by say hi todd and i will at least be around so uh come visit come say hi i probably will have a little bit of swag with me so if you want some free funny books, some firewater shit. I'll give you something. Stuff so. we all get. Uh, so this month we are doing sports ball, uh, which my logic of this being is, you know, it's the 
beginning of basketball season, sort of end of baseball season, mid soccer season for those of you who are in the MLS. Uh, football season's about to start up. There's a lot mm-hmm. of sports going on right about now. So we're doing four comic books based around sports. And we're starting out with a relatively classic sports book. This is Superman versus Muhammad Ali by Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill. Neil Adams is a very famous writer. Uh, what's other stuff that he's done, well, Mr. Maya? Neil Adams Maya? is a very famous artist. Denny O'Neill's a very famous Oh, he's writer. the artist. Okay. Yeah, uh, Neil Adams and Denny, Denny O'Neill did the uh, famous Green Lantern, oh. Green Arrow uh, series back in the 70s where they were the, the hard-traveling heroes. Um, okay. Denny O'Neill's done a ton of Batman. Neil Adams has mm-hmm. done everything. So. Oh, so Neil Adams is the artist, but he's just a big enough name that he's the first name they mm-hmm. put in there. That's pretty interesting because like, normally that's backwards. But um, yeah, according to my copy, it says that this was uh, copyrighted in 1978 is when mm-hmm. this original yep. came out. So yeah, so um, it's about what you would expect. It's Muhammad Ali in a boxing match with Superman. There's a little bit more detail to it that we will get into in spoiler territory. But we now need to go for uh, a specific for this actual book drinking game. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. I know we have some very interesting titles. So uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Maya. What is your drinking game role? Uh, My drinking game is called I'm the Goat or the Greatest of All Time. Pretty much... Anytime Muhammad Ali talks about how great he is or how good he is or how he's going to whoop someone, uh, take a drink. So pretty much anytime he talks. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your drinking game? Why do aliens always have an apostrophe in the middle of their name? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So every time you're reading the book and you come across the alien species and there's an apostrophe in the middle of their name, you need to take a drink. Mr. Adam. Uh, mine is called, What Can't He Do? Uh, every time Superman talks about his powers or does something with them that you weren't expecting, take a drink. And that's more for kind of the first half of the book. Sure. So. I rather like his uh, clap. Yeah. It's like the, 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 <laughs> the second act clap. Yeah, the, the second act doesn't have much, but it's the, the beginning and the end. You'll be right. drinking a bit. Right. Yeah, I so I I fluctuated on what I wanted to call this. To be honest with you, originally I was going to call it "He is the only one who's allowed to monologue," uh, but <laughs> that would only make it like really work in about one or two scenes. So to make it work through more stuff, I'm calling it "Trash Talk," which is anytime Muhammad Ali uh, engages in sort of uh, talking smack and playing the mental game with his opponent, take a drink. Uh, that was just to make it, you know more useful but really it it was inspired by his very traditionally muhammad ali monologue you know i can totally see how he just drove other people nuts with him talking it's like jesus christ who do you think you are kanye west (laughs) exactly right you know what i learned recently which i thought was really interesting is the song um 20th century boy which todd had never heard the song are you guys familiar with the song adam maya no you don't know that boy by by t-rex no oh i was thinking of the song by bad religion uh, they might have covered it, but I don't think so. No, Bad Religion did their own. So bad. They did their own version okay. of the song. See, for some reason, I thought this was a bigger song. I mean, it's in the movie Velvet Goldmine. They do a weird version of it in the Truman Show, and Velvet Goldmine is performed by Placebo. 
which not that that makes any difference. It's just interesting. Um, recently, uh, I was actually listening to a bunch of covers of it recently. It's a totally different issue. But uh, the lyrics for that song were actually taken from Muhammad Ali quotes. Mm. Uh, the only one I recognized was Stings Like a Bee. But like that was sort of just the general gist. Because like, I'd never really gone and looked at the lyrics for that song. And I love that song. It's probably one of my favorite songs of all time. The lyrics mean fucking nothing. Like, at all. Like, it's nice. just... It's a bunch of random phrases, almost. You mean, you mean how like, well, Panic at the Disco stole all the lyrics pretty much for their first album from Chuck Palahniuk books? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, if you, if you look at like the storylines or a lot of the lines in that first album, almost every uh-huh. single one is lifted from a different Chuck Palahniuk book. What's the one about the... the what, what book is uh, their big hit from? What's that one? Uh... I have to go look it up, but I know they, they mainly stole a lot of stuff from Invisible Monsters. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I can get a link and send it to you. But yeah, they, they ripped off a lot of Chuck stuff for their, their first album. Well, then their second... So I, I, I don't I haven't followed them as much. Like, I know they've been having kind of a nice renaissance recently, and I've, I've liked their new album. But it's interesting that, like, their, their second album was essentially... They were going for the... Uh, in they a lot of ways... They're, well, they're very much going for, like, a Sgt. Pepper kind of thing. Yeah. And then, slowly over time, like, it was like... They were a band, and mm-hmm. then they were, like... The lead singer and a guitarist, and now it's just the lead singer, and that's it. And I don't know the whole story behind that, but I'm sure that'd be a very interesting behind the music at some point. Well, since he's pansexual, now he thinks he can play all the roles. Oh, is that how that goes? Okay. Yes. Huh. Well, whatever. For the record, I, guess. I, don't, I don't speak for the pansexual. I speak for the gays, so. Okay. Ask. I'm going to ask, can you educate me as a cis white male? What is the difference between, like, pansexual versus, like, bisexual? I definitely can. So okay. bi- bisexual people will generally be attracted to cisgender people who are male or female, whereas okay. bisexual people are more they're attracted to anyone regardless of gender or sexuality. So you could easily have a person who's pansexual dating a trans male uh, gay man. Okay, so then this this raises a different question for you that I, I don't know what I, I don't know how this works out. If I have a friend who was in a lesbian relationship got married and now she's having a sex change operation to be male does that now make her spouse pansexual by default um if if their spouse is still heterosexual then they would still be heterosexual. Well, no, their, their spouse was always a le- was a lesbian to begin with a lesbian um yeah. that's a good question i don't know if i can fully answer that one i'm just curious i, I mean I, I not that it really matters it's just interesting because to be honest with you, Todd and I have had a few discussions because as cis white males, we're often confused and not necessarily sure all of the different answers of things. And that's actually interesting because we, when we were at mm-hmm. Dammy's Heels, there was a, a documentary we watched about a, uh, a, a weightlifting, a bodybuilding contest that only uh-huh. featured trans men. And this, uh-huh. it featured men who uh, were had started doing testosterone treatments, some who had surgery, some who had not had surgeries. As long as you, if you showed up and you had, you still had breasts, but you identified as a man, you were allowed in. Okay. Uh-huh. And there's one part where there was this, this trans guy, uh, and before he transitioned, uh, he was a lesbian and had a girlfriend. Uh-huh. And his girlfriend actually leaves him during the, the documentary because his girlfriend was saying, you know, this isn't the person I fell in love with. Obviously, he's comfortable. This is who he needs to be. But this, I, I, I'm not. attracted to a woman. I'm not attracted to men, and he's now a man. So. That is interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, with, with that, I, I honestly, I, I have to go like think about it and, do, and look into it. But uh, well, but but that, but that, the thing is, is by that example that you state there, assuming that his spouse stays with him, then that <laughs> would basically mean that his spouse would, by default, be pansexual because 
she was attracted to a woman is now attracted to a man or trans man but it was about the person who they were so that would make them pan because the example you gave was someone who was attracted to women and when her significant other was no longer a woman she is now no longer interested or attracted so she's just a lesbian then at that point in time yeah, it, it, I mean, again, sexuality and gender is complicated. Like, I, oh, you know, as, as a sure. gay man, I'm attracted to cisgender guys and transgender guys. So just because yeah. a guy has a penis or a vagina doesn't matter to me, I'm still attracted to guys, but that doesn't make me pansexual because I'm still attracted to men. Does that make sense? Right. I get that. This is a really weird conversation to be having for Superman versus Muhammad Ali, but whatever. <laughs> nah, but it's more interesting than the book, so. It's not that big of a book. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, Let's do it this way. So Todd introduced us to a new way of doing the uh, votes a little while ago. So we will do on the count of three. We will all say uh, yes or no as to whether or not we feel like it is worth you, our dear listener, spending your hard-earned time, money, and effort just to go out and find this book and uh, read it. So on the count of three, one, two, three, yes. Wow, okay. Maya, what was yours? I didn't hear yours. I said no. Okay, so yeah, I'm the only I think yes Todd on introduced that to us on a book that he knew we were all going to say yes to. I don't, I don't know if that was meant to be. No, I, but I think the thing is, is I think you can e- immediately see if there's any dissenting or if we're all agreeing. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I'm, I'm the dissenting one. I'm the, actually the only one who kind of liked this book. I thought it was fun, but okay. I, but to be fair. I have recently been far more interested in boxing and mixed martial arts. And so, therefore, sports like ball. sports ball, but like so, but like the the whole Muhammad Ali teaching Superman how to properly box and use proper movement was kind of fun for me, and I kind of enjoyed that. It was kind of a funner older comic, so like I I kind of like it. Like it's definitely not close to anything we normally read. It's not really deep. It's also only like seventy eight pages, uh, but I thought the art was fun, and like I don't know, I liked it. But I I, I get where you guys are coming from, but. We'll get into that all in spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything we feel like we should warn people about if they are going to go read it? It was published in 1978. The title pretty much says it all. It's a product of its time. Yep. There's no denying that this was essentially going to be a cash grab. Like, this was, oh, yeah. you know... To be honest with you, the cover with all the different people is probably the most interesting part for a lot of people. Because there's also a map in the back that says all the names of the different people and the celebrities who are referenced in it. Uh-oh. And there are a lot of people who I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is anymore. Like, a lot. A lot yeah. of names that I'm like, I don't know who that is. Well, they're all comics people. Were- some were comics people. Some of them uh, some of them were sports people. Some of them were characters. There's Joe Namath. I know that name. There's Pele. There's Andy Warhol. There's okay. Cher. Okay, yeah. It is a mixture of a book, all of them. Kurt Vonnegut is in there. I have to go look and see where that is. Batman is obviously in there, but you only get to see the back of his head. Right, he's not actually in the comic. No, they're all just sort of like in there. Right. Oh, Kurt Vonnegut's like right on the edge. Oh yeah, he is. Kurt Vonnegut's actually very prominent if you know where you're looking. There's a few people in here, to be honest with you, who totally look like 70s Stan Lee, and you know it's not going to be Stan Lee because this is a DC book. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Sure. So. But yeah, but going through that is actually kind of fun, to be honest with you. It's a lot of people in one scene. It's it's all these people sitting around a boxing ring, watching the game, watching the fight. Although that never actually happens within the actual. Oh we'll hey, get into hey, look, Google yeah. Image search. Saving everyone the cost of the the book by just Google <laughs> right Image search. I think they actually sell a poster of this though, which I actually think would be kind of a I cool. Think I've seen poster, it yeah, that, that'd be that, more that fun would, in this book. 
Okay, so I'm the only one who kind of liked it, but there you go. So That's fine. Here's the fun thing about that, though. Normally, the episodes where people hate the book are more interesting, so you have that to look forward to. Yay! Uh, so we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to spoil it, so if you do decide to go read it, this is your warning now. We're going to spoil the shit out of it when we come back. So we'll see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. When you have kids, it's almost impossible to find time to catch up on all your geeky obsessions. Comic books, TV, movies, games. We get it. Geek Parenting Podcast understands your pain and we are here for you. We're geeky parents just like you and we come together once a week to talk about what it's like to raise your little geeklings while staying true to your fandoms. New episodes every week. Find Geek Parenting Podcast wherever you consume your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Geek Parenting Podcast. Sorry, Stefan. So, one of the best things I actually heard, it says, they all seem very nice, but they're not kind. That's a good way to put it, actually. That's a really good way of putting it, actually. They're nice. If I was on Facebook right now, I'd still go do it, but I'm not on Facebook, so. Yeah, but they're not <laughs> kind. They are nice, but they're not kind. You know what wasn't nice, though? What? This book. Okay. Yes, tell me about <laughs> Mr. Muhammad Ali putting <clears throat> soups in his place. Okay, so, what's your, what's your issue with this book? Adam? I don't know oh. if I can defend it, but I will. I'm just right. curious as to to where your issues were and how deep your hatred for this book so, goes. <clears throat> no, there, there's no hatred for this book. I mean, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't read through it in the end. There was no like Boba Bo or like Deadpool that, or that with it. it was yeah, just the that Deadpool was bad. Like, I apologize. Very much that. a product of his time. Yeah, well, yeah. And, I, and I like Deadpool. Like it was just the one we read. I didn't like. Yeah, I no, I agree. Deadpool, like Dead Presidents. Fuck nut job. Dead thing was awful. Dead Presidents was hilarious. I thought I thought it was a great. I think I wish we would have done that one instead. Uh, no, it just it was it was very much a product of his time. It was using like it was they couldn't decide if they were trying to do like 1950s Superman or 1970s Superman because there's that really like Jimmy Olsen, gee whiz, golly darn it kind of right thing uh-huh. going with it. It very much seems like a cash grab because Muhammad Ali was the big name at the time. I, I wonder how much they paid him in licensing fees. I bet he made a chunk of change. Oh yeah, easily. Uh, well, I mean, this is also I mean, this is post really Muhammad Ali's career though. Like you know what I mean, like. But everyone still knew who he was. Yeah, I mean, well, people knew who he was his entire life, but I don't. I mean, I think he'd retired by that point in time. I would think. Let me check that. Anyway, continue on. I'll, I'll Google. Oh yeah, so it was. It was. It was. You know, again, maybe his career was kind of done over with, but it was very much a cash grab. Uh, the story itself wasn't all that interesting. I mean, there were some interesting ties about the whole idea of you know mankind being too dangerous to let their ideology spread throughout the universe. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is we were watching Men in Black last night, which I haven't seen for like five years, and that exact same thing is that like the human thought is considered to be so infectious that certain people consider it a disease. Yeah, right. So there was that. It just... Superman and Blackface, anyone? Um, <laughs> I just... I, I couldn't get into it. I didn't really care. And this is... Like I've said a million times before, I'll say it again, is that I'd rather have something be horrible or something be amazing. But something like this that's just kind of meh, uh, I would have. It was just a waste of time. If something's like really crappy, I can get angry at it and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with if something's amazing. But when it's just kind of like, eh, that was twenty minutes of my life just kind of wasted. I, I could have been jacking off. So this book, we said, what came out in 1978 or 79? Yes. 78. So wait, he wait, retired wait. the next year. This so this was late in his career, but he retired the next year. Okay. So so to sum up, Adam's review is. Adam's review of Muhammad Ali versus Superman. Eh, I'd rather be jacking off. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's you the, can put that. Yeah, that's put the, the quote on the dust jacket. <laughs> on the dust jacket. Yeah, right there. I'd rather be jacking off. Okay, that's fair. 
Okay. Here, I guess here's my thing. All right, you do yours. I, I, the, I guess what I kind of liked about it is I did kind of like the ah, uh, gee whiz, ah, uh, shucks kind of mentality to it. it. It made me feel like it was a classic Superman, which in a book like this, you know that it's going to sell to a lot of people who are not necessarily fight fans and they're going to buy it for the Muhammad Ali factor. So having that sort of nostalgic feel to it, you know what I mean, kind of gives it a classic sort of vibe. Um, it's not high art by any stretch of the imagination, and I get that. But also it's just one of those things of like, you have some. They have two people who are that iconic. How you put them uh-huh. in a an actual fight, and make it still work so that both parties, like the Superman fans and the Muhammad Ali fans, are still happy and appeased with it. But there's also still some sort of conflict. I felt like there was some there was some interesting plotting to get around that potential issue. You know what I mean? Because like really, ultimately, on Earth. There's no way Muhammad Ali can beat Superman in all actuality. You know what I mean? Sure. In a real fight. Um, so you got a Gimp Superman. Yeah, but I mean, with the way they did it with having the alien race do it, and then, like, the reason why they were fighting, like, for a greater cause and, you know, that kind of thing, like, I, I can kind of get behind it. I thought it was okay. But I, I get your issues. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I just kind of thought it was fun. You know what I mean? Like, it was... I would say this to, to quote our, our good our good late friend Jeff Michael Weiss yeah. because nobody demanded it. No, that's true. I mean, like I guess I don't know. I mean, there are always going to be people who are going to sit there. Like I, I know there's like that classic geek thing of like who would win in a fight between this character and that character, and it's not necessarily right. a game I've ever really gotten into or I've ever been terribly interested in. But I know that it's something that some people are interested in. And I know that like fight fans are always interested in you know a matchup of these two people. I mean, I also know like football fans or like you know or bass or any sports fans would be like you know how would this player compete on a current scale you know what i mean like how would michael jordan fare against lebron james they're two very good players in their generations but they're very different styles of players you know what i mean and the game was very different when each of them was playing so it it's not necessarily an apples to apples comparison you know what i mean so and things like that i think are, are interesting for people their ability to make it an apples to apples comparison and you know because the other thing too is that the way that it's done you can say that muhammad ali beats superman within an inch of his life right or you can say that superman deliberately took the punches in order to move on with the rest of their scheme so you know what go, i mean so you can go finish up his role in blackface yes Okay, so we should probably explain the blackface thing. Yeah, so, let's do it. For those people who don't necessarily read this book. So basically, here's the gist of it. Uh, there is an alien race that comes down. It doesn't matter the name of it. I don't remember who they are anyway. They have an apostrophe uh, in the middle of their name. They have, a, they have an apostrophe in the middle of their name. Their, their uh, leader is a knobhead. Yeah, so like they're a classic green alien race of some kind, and they've decided that the, the – A – Okay, I will say hey. this. Hey. Hey. hey, no, there, <laughs> there is, there, is, there is a flawed logic here. I will say that of the fact that they think the Earthlings are too dangerous and they're afraid of Earthlings waging war on all their their other things. So they want the Earthlings to fight each other to pick their champion to then fight them uh-huh. so, for the fate of our planet. Like, so it's like, okay, you're too violent, you're too violent, you're too violent, but let us fight you. To prove that you're violent so that we can kill you. So there is that, I will say that, that there is a big, like, sort of hole in that logic can, there. Can, can I real quick interject yeah. something yes. off topic, but kind of going along with that? Yes. So as we record this, Infinity War came out on Blu ray this week. 
-hmm. and I was thinking, if Thanos were to eradicate half of life in the universe... Yes. Plants and vegetation are alive. Yes. I think it was sentient things. He didn't say that. He said life. He said living things. He did say life. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, that also counts animals. It does count animals, yeah. It does count animals, so there goes your, your meat... Mm-hmm. So it actually... Uh, Dumbass put- didn't think things through. Because <laughs> the thing of it is, you're not balancing out... You're, you're not, yeah. Do the resources. Well, as we, as so we, you're eliminating half, half the resources. resources. And as we saw in the uh, in the big credit, the end credit scene with... Again, spoilers if you haven't seen it, which what the fuck's wrong with you. Uh, when Maria Hill and uh, Nick Fury go away, right. is that... So you want to get rid of half the people in the universe, correct? Or half yes. life forms. Yeah. Well, what happens when you like? And we saw it. What happens when you kill the pilot of that helicopter and it smashes into a building? It's gonna kill people more. you didn't kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so much the same as how Anakin Skywalker did not bring balance to the Force. This did not bring balance to the universe. But that's also a rabbit hole. Like, well, why didn't he just create more resources? Like, he could have made infinite resources and blah blah blah. It's like, it's a comic book movie, guys. There's a guy. There's a big. Because it wasn't written that way. Shut up. There's a big purple-headed <laughs> dick-looking dude with with, the fancy, with fancy jewelry. It was a ball sack, Chan. Yeah. So uh, Ali and Superman are fighting over who's going to be the champion to fight right. this guy. So what they decide to do is they say, okay, in 24 out, hours. Buddy, you, you guys you guys figured out in 24 hours we're going to take you to a alien, you know, mm-hmm. location for you to fight. And so Superman, of course, tries to pull a fast one and basically puts them in some sort of weird time dimension ring thing that also uh, limits his power so he actually has to box like a normal human um, and so therefore Muhammad Ali is teaching him the basics of boxing which is kind of a fun page as a as a boxing fan it's okay. it's kind of fun to have Muhammad Ali's like logics as to like his discussion as to the, the sport of boxing and, and, and the, the tactics it's kind of cool so aside from that uh the alien race is now upset that Superman tried to pull a fast one on him because they were going to have 24 hours. His little time dimension was going to give them months' worth of time. They come and they say, nope, we're going to start this fight early. And they put him in a location where Superman... Another location where Superman's... like they're Oh, they're on a planet oh, with a red, red sun, sun yeah. instead of a yellow sun, so therefore Superman's powers don't work. Uh, so then... And Adam, you're going to have to jump in on this for a second because I, I might mess this up because this is where the black face so, section comes in. So, you know, happens. so Superman gets in the ring with Muhammad Ali. Yep. And uh, Superman's, uh, he's got his like, you know, quote unquote trainers like Perry White and stuff. And then I can't remember the guy's name but it's basically it's Muhammad Ali's trainers with him and these are all yeah. people of color. Well, then the match, so they go out there at the end of the match uh, Muhammad Ali wins and Superman's in critical condition so they say you have to get sent back to Earth because only the yellow sun will heal you. Well, then you see for a couple pages, it's like uh, Muhammad Ali's trainer is trying to is sneaking through this alien ship and fighting bad guys and whooping their asses. And then all of a sudden, he gets to the bridge and pulls his mask off. Oh, and it's Superman. So yeah, Superman's essentially walking around in blackface, which I know it wasn't traditional blackface, but I'm like, really? That was that was your idea of how to get him on the bridge was put a a, 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 a mask, basically make him a black person. Think that that's I, I understand. No one will notice the, me then. I understand this was the '70s, guys, but minstrel shows are back from like the '30s and '20s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was—it was kind of one of the things I was kind of like, "Who thought this was a good idea? Who, to, to, to be who fair, damned this." To play devil's advocate, 
unlike a minstrel show, it wasn't necessarily having a racial intention there. It was him being disguised as someone who was Muhammad Ali's closest confidant. So, you know, it wasn't like he was walking around jive talking or something like that, mm-hmm. which would have been... I that would jive. <laughs> yeah, like that would have been way <laughs> fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it it could have been way fucking worse. You know. No, and I honestly know it was they weren't trying to be racist in the, in the sense. Yeah. That, like, like actually, when we had a little break for a second there, we were mm-hmm. talking. I, I did like, you know, I speak jive, and we're like, that's a movie that could never be made. You know, Airplane or Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Uh, again, this is this is very much a product of its time, and there are certain things that maybe not have meant to come across as racist, but you look at it through the, oh, the current, a modern lens, the, the modern lens of 2018. You're like, ah, oh, that's probably shouldn't do that. Super racist. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we're all just too woke. Yeah, you know us. Come, uh, come play Quiplash with me. I'll show you how woke I am. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, did you hear that Cards Against Humanity? Oh, it won't matter for this because it'll be out. Cards no. Against Humanity is actually hiring people. Yep. You can go on the oh, website yeah? and you can submit your uh, top 15 white cards and top 5 black cards. And if they hire you sporadically when they do cards, they'll pay you 40 bucks an hour to write cards. Nice. Wow. Uh, unfortunately for people listening to this, the deadline was uh, last week. So. Yeah, that's where you go. Okay. Tough, tough titty. Mm, well, titties. now I have to work on that. Tough or soft, still titties. True. That's right. It's so got a point. What you're saying is t- they do t- titties unless titties. they're cut off. And that's T I D D I E S. Titties. Mm-hmm. Damn ass titties. titties though. Ass, ass titties. See what comes to mind though is that Amy Schumer milk milk lemonade around, around the, the corner, corner fudge is made. made. I did a dub smash to that. Did you? Mm-hmm. I have it somewhere on my phone, too. So, Muhammad Ali. (laughs) So anyway, so Muhammad Ali is then going to fight the big old monster. Um, Superman is uh, sneaking around, basically uh, destroying the alien battleships and whatever. Now that he starts... Because they can't be trusted because it's the humans that are too violent. Every time he punches somebody, what you talking about, Willis? No. God, (laughs) Yeah, uh, so that would have that would have worked out. Really well. <laughs> so Muhammad Ali looks like he's missing, for, or about to lose for a little while, and then of course, at the last minute, he wins, and then uh, rope a dope, classic Muhammad. And then uh, of course, uh, the god of fair play is there for a little while, which is a whole other random thing. Um, yeah, but the, because, because why, why not? And, and of course, they are the referee of this whole thing, and the god of fair play. Like somehow, the moral of the story is is that. Although boxing seems like a violent sport, it's all about you know two people just trying to compete at their best and test their skill set against another one, and therefore it's not really truly violent. And that's what makes human like two people come yeah, together, and, and, and causes like together the Olympics cause people to come together as one, and uh, whatever. Uh, the moral of the story is a little. <laughs> to be honest with you, I liked the book, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's kind of fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> and then in the end, you find out the ruler was going to destroy Earth. Anyways, Superman flies around with a porthole or like a fucking vent and like kills yeah. all the ships. And then everyone lives happily ever after. Tra la, tra la, ha ha. Oh, hey. and then, and then the, the, the champion for the aliens punches mm-hmm. out the alien king. Yes. The douchebag. Yes. Right. And I love the douchebag. He's like, oh, you went away. You need to come back right now or else I'll blow your ship up with this button I have right on yeah. my screen. And scene. scene. Pretty much. So, okay. So that's the basic plot of it. So it's 78 pages. 
it's like two boxing matches and a training montage. It's it's a ro- right. it's a Rocky movie, sort of, you know. Is he- got Muhammad Ali and Superman in it. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's what it is. It was an assignment that they did. Let's hire some rock stars to write and draw about real life rock stars. Not even real life. I was gonna stars. say Superman's not real life. Yeah. That seems yeah. It's it's quite the cash grab that I'm sure did pretty well for its time. Yeah, it I probably no did. I think. I mean, I don't know. Do we, do we have sales figures on that kind of thing? I tried. I tried looking them up. I couldn't find any. Oh really? Okay. Because uh, it, it started with me looking up to see uh, how much Muhammad Ali got paid. Oh. Oh, did you find anything on that? No. Okay. Well, that's too bad. No, I bet DC wanted to keep that transaction private. Oh, probably. Since you had such a bad time with this book, do you have cocktails to go with it? I do. I wish I would have had one when I was doing it. Oh, yeah. What, <laughs> um, what's your cocktail, sir? So mine is called The Goat, or The Greatest of All Time. Okay. Uh, you take a shaker. Yeah. with You take a, a shaker without ice. This is very important. You add one ounce of port, one ounce of cognac, one whole egg, 0.5 ounce of rum clement syrup, which is like a rum syrup, which you can get on their website. Uh, and then you shake the shit out of that. Then you add ice to it. You shake the shit out of it again. And then you strain into a glass, and you garnish mm-hmm. with freshly grated nutmeg. Freshly grated nutmeg. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Um, I know the the egg is you know the boxers drink you know drink raw eggs kind of thing. So. Right. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, I smell what you're stepping in, uh, Mr. Todd. What is your cocktail? Similar. Mine's got. Um, I'm just gonna call it the greatest drink. Why not the goat drink? It's one and a half ounces of brandy, an ounce of dark cream to cacao. Uh, one ounce of half and half or heavy cream and a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg. So you combine the brandy, cream to cacao, and half and half or heavy cream in a mixing glass with ice. Shake the shit out of it. And you put nutmeg on the top. Those are very similar. Very they are. They're very similar. That's it. Uh, I, because of course it is a boxing uh, thing, I may I, I'm doing a punch, mm-hmm. but it's called and so I was gonna call it the knockout punch, but the original name of it and I might still call it the knockout punch, but the original name of it was Mr. Sandman's Dreamland Express Punch, so hence knockout. Wow. Uh, and it comes from uh, I, I found an article on uh, cocktails for the uh, the theme to the video game Mike Tyson's Punch Out on the NES and Super NES and all that stuff. Nice. And so this was done by. Uh, uh, a, guy, a bartender named Kevin Diedrich from Jasper's uh, Corner Taps in San Francisco. So, this will serve ten or two drinks for five people, or an afternoon for Adam. Um, it is hey. one cup of Blue Coat Gin, one cup of uh, Sanderman Port, uh, a three quarters cups Pierre Fernand dried Caracao, three quarters of a cup fresh squeezed lemon juice half a cup of cane syrup, one cup of sparkling wine. You mix all the ingredients together in a punch bowl, top off, top off with the sparkling wine, and garnish with whatever seasonal fruits you have. Uh, and Mr. Maya, what is your cocktail? Uh, mine's called Sting Like a Bee. Um, one of the ingredients in it is honey syrup that you're going to make yourself with one ounce of honey and a half ounce of hot water, uh, and then just stir it up. Uh, and then when you get to actually making the cocktail, uh, you're going to or the ingredients are uh, one jalapeno slice, about a half inch thick, one and a half ounces of Respato tequila, uh, three quarter ounces of freshly squeezed lemon juice, uh, three quarter ounces of the honey syrup that you made before. Um, so what you'll do is you'll muddle uh, jalapeno in the shaker gently, 
Then add the tequila, lemon juice, and your honey syrup. Fill the shaker with ice. Shake for 15 seconds and strain into a chilled strain into a chilled martini glass. And then garnish it with a jalapeno slice and lemon twist. Does anybody else have anything else they want to talk about this drink? Do you want to get into grades? Or not drink, but this uh, this book? Or do you want to get into I think grades? We go, go with grades? Grades. Grades? Okay. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking fun. God, please, no! 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 Well then, for the writer, which I, according to the inside, was both Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill, but Denny O'Neill did most of the writing, but they was plotted together. They, they probably both, yeah, they both came up with the story, and then Denny O'Neill wrote the script. Yes. Okay. So we'll we'll, we'll say Denny O'Neill. Uh, for Denny O'Neill, for his writing, what is your grade, Mister Todd? Nah, it's a C. It's a C. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Adam, uh, I'm gonna go with a C as well. Uh, again, this I didn't hate it. It just it was kind of mediocre. Uh, I just maybe maybe if, if if I had read this and I actually was I read this when it first came out and that was when Muhammad Ali was still a big deal. This may have come across as a much bigger thing to me, but it just was kind of meh. So it's it's something that you know I read and I'm sure I will forget about in two weeks. That's fair, uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm also at a C. Uh, it. It didn't really affect me. It didn't make me feel, you know, one way or the other whether I liked it or not. And that's that's usually the sign. That's like Adam said earlier. That's usually worse than uh, hating or liking a book. Uh, I just thought it was super wordy and uh, not enjoyable to read with a headache as well. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna. I'm the dissenting one. I'm gonna give it a B. I thought it was okay i thought it was fun it's definitely a product of its time but i feel like going into a book called superman versus muhammad ali you know what you're getting yourself into and it delivers that so you know i'm kind of okay with it uh and see i didn't i didn't know what i was getting myself into i was just hoping it would be something better (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so for the famous neil adams art what is your grade mr maya uh i'll give him a b um you know, it's not, nothing spectacular, but it's not not bad. It's uh, uh, it, it very much looks like Neil Adams' art, and uh, yeah, I'll just give it a B. Yep, uh, Mr. Adam. I'm gonna go with the B as well. I mean, the, my art wasn't the problem with this book. It was it was the story itself, but the art was kind of interesting. Uh, the aliens were pretty kind of nondescript, but you know they did a good job. The coloring was nice. It was kind of fun to see Superman out in space because of the Superman books I've read, I've read too many of his being in space. Okay. So that wasn't my problem. I actually enjoyed the art. So, well, uh, Mr. Todd, I'm gonna agree with these guys. It's with the B. The um, one of the greatest things, I guess, with the art, there was the training sessions. You had other things going on there. I could hear the montage playing in the background. You really could. Need a motherfucking montage. Montage. And what I will say with the writing is, they felt like I was reading Muhammad Ali. They did kind of nail his, his speech patterns pretty well. Yeah. They did yeah. nail the speech I'll patterns. Like, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, I, yeah, you listen, like, yep, that's Muhammad Ali, and that came across, and it was recognizable through the whole way through, and it, yeah, there was, um, I think the arts held up pretty well. Okay, so, yeah, it's a B. 
and I like the art. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, I, I actually like the art. I thought it was. I actually think this would be a cool poster to have on my wall. To be honest with you, um, is Neil Adams still alive? Yes. Maybe I'll try to get. Yeah, him. I think so. Maybe I'll try to get this cover, get him signed it, or something like that. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, cool. Well, so then for overall grades, uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna go with the C. This is like I said before. It's not really memorable. I did like the art. Uh, I think, as Todd pointed out, they did kind of nail Muhammad Ali's the way he spoke. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. So I'm looking forward to going to something else. Mr. Maya. I'm also at a C. Um, like Adam said earlier, you know, he'll forget it in two weeks. I'm, I'm right there with him. Um, I don't feel like everyone quoting me this episode. <laughs> well, I was going to say it, and then you said it. So. Okay. I was like, I don't think that's smart to have everyone quote me. You're going to be the Jimmy Martin for this book. <laughs> It'll be, that is Richard, yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be uh, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. I'd rather be jerking out. I'd rather be jerking out. <laughs> <laughs> big shiny robot. <laughs> I know what big shiny robot says. I'd rather be... <laughs> I can't tell you how happy that would make me. <laughs> if, if anyone out there is good with Photoshop and can make that for us. I, you know what? I might. After make. Brian gets the But after we quote it as, as, come down, sir, big shiny robot. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Mr. Todd. You know, I'm going to give it a C plus, B minus. Um, the R was pretty good. It seemed like an assignment they were going in. It was a bit of a cash grab. It did okay all in all, but at the end of the day, I don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody, Nobody cares, yeah. <laughs> You're trying to get that extra drink in there, aren't you? I was, actually, yeah. Yes. yeah. See, that was a cash trap for some booze right there is what that was. Oh, there we go. More drinking. Hey. Ah, drink, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like that one. I do like that one a lot, too. I still, okay. I still have the Lady Gaga one going, ignore her, she drinks is my ringtone. Nice. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Uh, and let's see, I'll give it a B. Like I liked it, I thought it was okay. Um, you know, you always sound so like apologetic when you like something we don't. I own just, that shit, man. Own it. The thing is, is that I I kind of get where you're coming from. Like I I did enjoy it, but I can understand why you have issues with it. No, I've I've always held the yeah. opinion that you know one of the my job as a film critic and our job as this podcast, what we do is we're here to tell you our opinion on something and why we liked it or didn't like it and why we think you would or wouldn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. But at the same time, if you out there and you absolutely adore this book and think it's the greatest piece of comic art ever known to man, I'm really happy for you You get to enjoy that. I'm really happy that, Brian, you enjoy this more than I did. I'm happy that people can go out there and somehow get joy out of Fifty Shades of Grey movies. They're pieces of shit and you're wrong, but I'm glad you found <laughs> joy in them. So, no, like, that, that's my thing. Like, I own what you like. Don't ever be ashamed of it unless like, you're into your kitty toucher or something like that. So, Well, then, shall we go into recommendations? Uh, yeah, actually, I'll, I'll do something really fast. Uh, okay. So this came out over a year ago. Waited forever for it. I just kind of finally picked about up again, sort of playing uh, the last South Park game, the uh, the fractured but whole. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll kind of name sync in with you there. Uh, it was a sequel to the Stick of Truth, where they were playing like Lord of the Rings, and this is the one where they're playing superheroes. Uh, they mm-hmm. really picked it up, it fixed the combat, and even though this game came out a year and a half ago, it's still pretty on the nose with issues going on today. Like, how come so many black people are getting arrested and we don't see them anymore? I uh, the game explains it. The uh, the cops aren't racist. They're just trying to feed Cthulhu, and Cthulhu only likes dark meat. So, <laughs> so the way you uh, that way sounds you defeat, like a South Park answer. The way you defeat Cthulhu is uh, you feed him white meat. 
gotcha. <laughs> he gets pissed and dies. So it's it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so, I swear to God, it's what happens. Uh, it, it's it's South Park humor if you love it. It's actually funnier than the last couple seasons, which have been kind of off. Uh, but I'm really glad I picked that back. I, I, I hadn't played it for a while, kind of forgot about it, and then say like probably because they put all their creative juices into the game instead of the exactly, yeah. Uh, but this is the one that we waited a couple years for, uh, and it's, it's on sale everywhere. I mean, like it was on sale for like the PS4 for like 15 bucks at Best Buy the other day, so you can get yeah. it for cheap, and you'll you're gonna get 15 hours of play out of it. So nice, go have some fun with it. Okay, uh, Mr. Maya, do you have a recommendation? Uh, I don't this week. Okay. I've uh, I've been doing nothing but but work and playing Destiny, and uh, I guess I can recommend Destiny again. <laughs> Destiny one or Destiny, Destiny two? two. Destiny, right. Destiny two. Electric. So when Destiny two came out, did like Destiny effectively just die? Uh, people still play it, but pretty much everyone moved over. To but we point and laugh at the Destiny two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as this episode, what when do, what day does this come out? Uh, uh, future. September. So we'd be looking at September. It's like the third, second or third. Yeah. Third. So as as this episode comes out uh, tomorrow. Uh, the Destiny, the next big kind of game-changing expansion comes out Forsaken. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but it looks cool, so if you play Destiny uh, and you haven't already thought about upgrading to that, I would recommend it, because it's uh, just like any any game, any MMO with an expansion, you kind of need it to, to stay ahead of the curve. Mr. Todd, do you have any recommendations? I do. We, um, I was on a flight recently, and I've read the first volume. <laughs> Finally. Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing. That truly... So that one came out in the 80s. It did? It is fantastic. And it's like, oh yeah, this is why everyone reveres Alan Moore for shit like this. So, go read Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing. It's great. Well, then I will uh, piggyback on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I just read Zack Snyder's New 52 run, the first book of that, of uh, Swamp Thing, on that, and apparently, part of the reason I, Scott, I picked Scott Snyder. I said, "Who did I say?" I said, "Zach." Did I? Scott Snyder. Well, because to be fair, though, we were thinking about watching. We Alan Moore and what Zach Snyder did do the Watchmen movie. Yeah. Yes. So that's where your your brain was going. There's a lot of tie-ins so. there. Well, and and for a long time, I thought that Zach Snyder and uh, uh, Scott Snyder were brothers, but they're not. I was a little disappointed to find that out. I thought it was really cool that Zach Snyder was making the the movies and that his brother's writing the comics. I thought that was pretty fiction. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but no, it's not the case at all. Well, but, so, yes, that would be Scott. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I picked it up partially because it, I, I know we didn't like this book on the show, uh, mm-hmm. but the uh, Animal Man book apparently is supposed to be tied in with the... Yes, uh, yes. The run. They're, yeah, they're, they're loosely connected, but then about, I think, trade three or so, they had a crossover. Uh-huh. But even then, it was a crossover where you don't need to read both. Yeah. Like, well, like the Swamp Thing story is still kind of contained in itself, and the Animal Man story is still kind of contained in itself. I, but so I read the first trade of it. I don't know if it continues to be good, but I really liked the first trade of it. I thought it was actually really fun. Uh, it, it does. Still, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it still plays off of a lot of the same vibe of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, um, which I also really liked, so uh, I'll, I'll recommend that for this week. Yeah, it continues to be good, and then after, I think, the first three trades, Worth or Snyder... And then after that, Charles Soule took over, I believe. And did it stay good after that? Yeah, or? yeah no, I still thought it was good. Okay. Is it still running? No. Okay. Well then. Cool. So next week is a, is a book that Maya spent a lot of time trying to get me to read, and then I finally read it, and I'm like, fuck, you're right. So I bought all of them and 
I bought, and now it's on my hold list, so I, I get this book every time a new one comes out. Uh, we're going to be reading Southern Bastards, which is a book about the football, but not the kind of football that Todd and I go to watch, the kind of football that most Americans watch. Football Americano. Football Americano. Uh, Mr. Maya, since you tried so desperately to get me to read this book, do you want to give us a little heads up as to what we're in for? Yeah, it's about a, a man named Earl who uh, was from a small town in Alabama who had left... Um, and he's coming back to, to claim his dad's belongings and, and get out of town. And while he's there, uh, bad shit happens. And, uh, yeah. The, yeah. uh, cause this is Jason Aaron as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like Scalped had, you know, like the, the leader of, of the bad guys in town in, in the, in, in the chief whose name I can't remember. Uh, the kind of leader of the scum in the small town here is the coach of the local high school football team, which if you're from the South or aware of it, high school football is huge. Yes. Yes, it is. So that'll be next week, and we will continue on with our sports ball. Uh, the rest of our sports ball month, we will be doing Ringside, which is a wrestling book, and then we'll be doing Mara, which is a futuristic volleyball book. So we're covering a weird variety of sports. Anyway, does anybody else have anything else they want to say, or are we good on this one? I think we're good. I think, yep. Okay, we're putting a fork in it. We're done. Thanks and uh, so long, and thanks for all the fishes. Bye. 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 We really need to work on your harmonies on that one. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.